Hello, magical beings, and welcome to the Find Your Awesome podcast. My name is Kelsey Abbott. I am your host. I'm a confidence coach and instigator of joy, and I help spiritual adventurers remember who they are and why they're here so they can up-level with ease. And today, I want to talk about baseball. I know, totally random, except I was... I was born and raised in Massachusetts. I'm a big Red Sox fan, and I was a huge fan in, well, the 80s and 90s. Like, I, I kind of, I know a lot about the Red Sox from that era. So if you ever want to geek out on, like, Mike Greenwell, Jim Rice, that type of thing, shoot me a message. But that's not what I want to talk about. I want to talk to you about, well, giving yourself a break. In baseball, what's a really good batting average? I'm going to tell you, 300 or 400. That's 0.300, That's hitting the ball three out of 10 times or four out of 10 times. And yet, what do we as humans expect from ourselves? We expect to hit the ball 10 out of 10 times. These professional players who have been training for years and years and years, their entire lives pretty much, to be paid lots and lots of money to hit a ball as frequently as possible. Hit it three out of 10 times or four out of 10 times. And those are the superstars. And you, who likely are trying to do something for the first time or the second time or even the hundredth time, maybe even the thousandth time, think that you're gonna be batting a thousand. Please, dear human, recognize that the hardest thing we do as humans is human. That's right. All the spiritual stuff, loving, loving is easy. Being joy, that's easy. Those things are totally natural to us. Navigating this human world, oh boy, this is complicated. So please, my friends, when you are creating your course, launching your business, racing, trying to hit a best time, going out on a blind date, giving a presentation, please remember that it's a process. Remember that nobody expects you to bat a thousand. You're not supposed to. That you are perfect exactly where you are. And where you are is a place from which you can grow because that's what it's all about. It's about knowing where you are, seeing where you are, loving where you are, laughing at where you are possibly, and then moving forward. Because every single moment is a brand new moment. With that, I want to bring you this week's conversation, which is completely unrelated to baseball. (laughs) And it's with Angela Johnson who is frequently referred to as the messaging and marketing genius and the Harry Potter for business. She blends the world of strategy and intuition together to guide entrepreneurs to make great money doing the work they love. This was a totally fun conversation. We geeked it out on, well, pretty much everything. I'm not going to spoil it for you. I hope you enjoy the episode. And if you do, please shout it from the rooftops on social media. Please share it everywhere. Please tag me on social media, and please head over to iTunes and leave a review. That would be awesome and super helpful. It's a way that we help spread the podcast. Thank you. 
now, my friends, please go forth and be awesome. Welcome to the Find Your Awesome Podcast. My guest today is Angela Johnson. Welcome, Angela. Hi, everyone. Hi, Kelsey. Good to be here. I'm so excited you're here joining us from Utah. And before we hit record, you were saying that you are now living at the base of the mountains where you've always dreamed of living. Yeah. Yeah. Can you give us like a, just a feel for that? What do you see? What do you feel in that space? I feel space. Mm. Even with these like gorgeous, like giant mountains um and utah's you know we've got such amazing scenery here but what's funny about this exact place where we live now is when i was in high school um i can actually if i look out my office window i can see the the freeway that i drove up and down this uh, called weber canyon so i went to high school in this small little town and you know as we drive up and down this canyon because you know we live in the small town you have to go to like the big city of ogden o-town to get to anything cool and um, as a kid, I would always look up on the hill and go, wow, I wonder what it would be like to live up there. And at the time, there were only a few houses up here. It was just like this, you know, fields and hills. And, and, and so when we started looking for homes, it's like we kept getting drawn to this area. And I was like, I'm never moving back to where I grew up. Like, why would I do that? And it was just something that felt so right about it. And so I really believe that I was planting seeds all those years ago, very unconsciously. I'm like, well, what would it be like? Well, let me, <laughs> the universe is like, well, let me show you. Here you go. And it's just like, I come home every day and just, oh, like, I love where we live. And I didn't realize where we lived before. I'm super grateful to have that experience and that space, but I didn't realize how much energy I was pouring into making an environment okay when it was just like, I was out, like, I wanted to leave. Um, I now don't want to leave my home. Like I just, it's amazing. It's an amazing experience and such a, a contribution to everything in my life. Like, wow, this is what it's like to actually live in an environment that fuels you. Yeah. And not yeah. yeah. We get to choose that. Yeah. Yeah. And I, and yeah, I can, I mean, so my own journey, we learned, we chose an environment that totally fueled us in Maine, loved it. And then it was no longer fueling us. Mm -hmm. I mean, I remember one one specific example. I was running in the winter. My nose was running because it was winter. And that (laughs) would pretty much be a consistent thing. (laughs) So I I had fleece mittens and I wiped my nose. And one point I looked down and there was red on the mitten. And I was like, I just caught myself on frozen snot. (laughs) That's like, and, and it was that moment that I was like, I don't have to do this. Yeah. Yeah. So we get to choose an environment that supports us. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. And that was one of the things too. It's like you get to choose it and then you don't realize it's a choice until you realize it's a choice. At mm-hmm. least that's my experience. Like I had all these things set up in my mind. I made them very real. We had to save a certain amount. We only had this much equity. And I had this whole story that I made very solid. And so I created this very, <laughs> very linear plan. Like, hello, I'm all about magic and ease and flow and, you know, like just choose it and the universe supports you. And then here I was living this double life <laughs> of like, yeah, everything but me and my ability to choose where I want to live. And I was working with a bookkeeper at the time. She said, you know, you might just be pleasantly surprised with actually how easy it can be 
especially being self-employed, like again, I had this all these rules of why we couldn't move yet. And wow, was I pleasantly surprised. Not only did we have triple the equity in our home that I thought we did, um, we didn't have to come up with any down payment. <laughs> like our credit was great. And I was like, oh, like we don't actually have to take six months or a year to do this. We could move next month. And then that started the whole process. It was a really magical experience. We sold our house in a week, had the problem of not having a place to live, which is a great problem to have. And like all these breadcrumbs led us to where we are now. And it was just like, wow. And, you know, and it wasn't a choice until I knew it was a choice. Mm. Yeah. And then it was easy. Yeah. So easy. I love, I love that opening up, waking up, whatever you want to call it to ease. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. If things are hard, then that, you know, the sign that that is like, gosh, it's just not moving. Then I go back and I ask myself usually the question of where am I complicating the hell out of this? Mm-hmm. And where have I been so, like, like, why am I buying into other people's, like, this has to be hard in order to be worth it? And I lived a lot of my life that way. I get it. It's like, where am I still buying into that? Because I have all this other proof that it actually, that's not true. And yet you sometimes, in some instances, choose to go with the stories, other people's stories, instead of your own proof. Yeah, it's a great way to blend in and have something in common with people. Mm. Yeah. So where, other than in moving, where else was it showing up in your life? Everywhere. With my health, with my marriage, with relationships, with my business, with my art, with money, like everything. And I started down this path of, it was several years ago, where, you know, I'd listen to things like The Secret and I'd watch Oprah and, you know, and I'm just like, okay, yeah, 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 yeah. But I really then started diving into the science of like, how does this actually work? Like, what are, like, how do the molecules work? Like, what is energy? Like, how do all these things work? And if I'm energy and money's energy and everything that I think and desire and would like to have in my life is that, then I think this is actually way easier than what I've been led to believe and what I bought into. And when people would say, and I would always remember this, even as a teenager, like, well, in order to know joy, you have to know hell, <laughs> you know? And I was like, really? Do we? Is that true? Hmm. Like, is that true? Like, show me where that has to be true. Like, what if our essence is joy? And what if our essence is ease? Like, couldn't we just have that? Like, why do we have to go through the depths of hell in order to know the contrast? I was like, I just don't know that I believe that or that I want to keep believing that. So I'm just going to put myself on a little experiment. You go, huh, I wonder what would happen if I just chose joy because it's available and but because I would like to have it and not because I work hard and not because I'm worthy, <laughs> not because I proved to everybody, myself included, that it's okay, you know, for me to have this. I'm not going to abuse the power of it. Like, I just, I'm not buying into that anymore. And, and I, when I would talk about this with friends, you know, like what teenager is like talking about this, you know, and then even in my twenties, like I would get the strangest looks for people. Like, they're like, you just can't like, Angela, you're missing the point. It reminds me of when I was sitting in my hair done. Um, and my hairdresser, she was a little bit late. She walked in, she goes, Oh my gosh, I've had the biggest epiphany. And uh, you know, the, this, we're in the small room with other hairdressers and clients getting their hair done. And Jenny said, what is it? Cause we always talk about these kinds of conversations. And she was like, 
I don't have to do anything I don't want to do. <laughs> and I was like, well, yes, I know. And here's where I was just like, oh my gosh, everybody, everyone else in the salon were like, well, no, that's not how life works. You just have to do something, things that you just have, you know, have to do. Like, I don't want to make my kids breakfast, but I have to do that. Or I don't want to do this, or I don't want to do this for money, but I have to pay the bills. And they completely, they didn't attack, but really attack. Like, it was just like, they could not even fathom that possibility. And what was fascinating is that I was sitting there like, whoa, I would not want to be in this environment. Yeah. Like, you know, like no way, but I just saw this amazing, like lightness and expansion shrink. Like, Oh, that possibility doesn't exist in this space. So I have to cut it off and only talk about that with people who are safe. Mm. And I was like, Oh, so it was this really amazing experience to witness and just go, wow, where am I? Where am I the one poo-pooing other people's possibilities? Because I haven't seen that as a possibility for myself. Like, oh, <laughs> let's look at that shadow. Where am I doing that for my, to myself? And where am I in conversations where if that's how I'm being met with possibility, like I need to find some new friends. Yeah. Like, what I'm, happened to the hairdresser? I, um, you know, I don't know. She actually changed environments, so I don't know. Oh, <laughs> like months later, but, but it was just such a symbol of, wow, this happens every day to people, myself included. So where am I, what environment am I putting myself in? I just got this image when you were telling that story of like a little kid having an epiphany of, you know, seeing grass for the first time or, or I don't know, just, you know, sticking something in their mouth, whatever it is, but like that, the way they light up. Yeah. Yeah. It's the same thing. And then, but then, yeah, the adults will swoop in and say, no, that's not how it is. Mm -hmm. That doesn't really exist. Fairies aren't real. Like, yeah, be realistic. Go, you know, <laughs> like yeah. all this stuff. Here, yeah. here are the rules to live by. Mm -hmm. And someday you're happy. Yeah. Good luck. <laughs> yeah, good luck. I just I think <laughs> I squeezed it all out of you. Yeah. <laughs> Now you'll be just as damaged as the rest. Yeah, of them. <laughs> just brace yourself for mediocrity, like the rest of us mm -hmm. have. It's okay. Yeah, <laughs> we can remember that joy is our natural state. Mm -hmm. We know how to do it. We know how to be it, mm -hmm. and we do get to do whatever we want. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then at the same time, I look at that like joy is my natural state, and I had a very different experience of that as a kid, like I would have those moments and I just, it's like, I came out of the womb, like taking care of other people. Like I just am wired that way. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and, and no one ever assigned me that job, but energetically I could see where, wow, like my, my parents aren't happy. They're worried about this. Like I just knew things. I just, you know, been intuitive my whole life. I just know things about people. And I just, so I just made myself the great task doer of fixing things and people and problems. And, and so it was a very easy path for me to step into of that joy was something that you attained. And someday if you were good enough, you got that in heaven, oh. but you didn't actually really get that, really get that <laughs> in this life, you know? And I was like, Oh yeah, that just does. And I'm really glad. I mean, this, all this really, these big epiphanies started when I was about 17. Um, and where I would start, I would just really questioning like all this programming and all this conditioning of 
this is the way life is. And I just thought, well, that is just so not, why would you do this? <laughs> why would you do this? Like it just made no sense to me. So where did that questioning lead you? Um, that led me to leaving a religion. It led me to studying Buddhism. It led me to start traveling. It led me to see how, you know, I was raised in this little bubble of a pretty religious conservative bubble in Utah and going, well, everybody believes X. And I didn't realize that like everybody in my world, everybody was a very small pinpoint on the map of humanity. It's like, wow, there are like way more beliefs out there. And I know a fraction of them. Ah, oh, I wonder what this culture believes. I wonder what that religion believes. I wonder what that person, what lights them up. Like I started exploring that. Um, you know, and I, I recall, um, you know, the year I graduated high school. So I barely graduated high school. Like I was bored out of my mind, super smart. And it was like, if I went to class, that was a good day. I was like, this is so boring. Like, again, like, why do this? This seems so stupid in the grand scheme of things. <laughs> like how to change the world is not through this stupid class in high school <laughs> that everyone's just like bored out of their mind. Like, so I was a rebel, but a very quiet one you know, like a very polite one, actually, you know, and, and so there's this moment, this crossroads of, I really actually wanted to join the Peace Corps, and, and I thought, well, who, how am I ever actually going to get into college, like, look at my GPA, like, do I really want to sign up for another four plus years of this, like, oh, man, and the application to apply for college was less expensive, so I applied to college, and I were, I have this vision right now, like sitting in my bedroom, like looking at these two, just being so tormented of, okay, my parents don't have money. I don't know how to get money. Like this seems so, and so it was that whole, like, yeah, everything is a choice. And at that time I didn't, I did not see that there was a choice. Mm. I didn't see that I could create it. It would probably just create, you know, like require a little bit of creativity. I didn't even occur to me to ask my parents to help me with that application to the Peace Corps because I just thought no they're gonna not want me to do that I made up a story I had no idea and so I found myself in college repeating this same pattern of oh my gosh you know and that's when I really started experiencing like oh I think what I, you know and I look back and go yeah what I was experiencing was depression I had no name for it you didn't talk about it but I was like that fog is like, I, I, when I talk about it, it's like, it's like walking through mud, like walking through fog. Mm -hmm. That's what years of my life, that's what it was like. But I was doing the responsible thing. And then on one side, I could look at, yeah, I was really happy with that choice. Because women, you know, girls my age, 18, 19, your job was to, the message was get married, have kids. I was like, well, I'm sure shit not doing that. <laughs> so Peace Corps is out of the question because it's too expensive. I don't have a clue how, like, how much that was. So I'm going to do this because at least it keeps me out in, like, into some choice with my life. And so, and I'm, and I'm, you know, and I can look at that and be so grateful. The job I found, the family I was a nanny in college, like the family I worked for, like that, that working for that family introduced me to so many possibilities. So I, I really get that like the universe led me into something that was so like I could not have orchestrated it any better. It just came from a really weird path. And I'm so grateful for that experience. Was it hard? Yeah. And I did eventually graduate from college. You know. Did you eventually do the Peace Corps? Pardon? Did you eventually join the Peace Corps in any way? 
didn't. No. And I also made a point of, I want to see the world and I want to help people. And so that drive and that desire that I had of why I wanted to join the Peace Corps has, has absolutely lived out loud in my life and it continues to influence my choices and where I travel and organizations I contribute to and, and things like that. So I believe in this concept called like this, but not this. Mm. And it feels like maybe for you, that was the Peace Corps, like mm. this, but not this. Yeah, I love that. I love it. Yeah, totally, totally. It, sometimes the universe has to like present us with something. Like here, we're going to take you in this general direction. This is, the, this is like your intro. This is your teaser. What do you think of it? Mm. You're like, oh, this, but not this. Yeah. I love that. I can so see that throughout my life. Yeah. Your whole story sounds like a, a rose opening up. <laughs> Just like constantly with your curiosity, like button on. Mm-hmm. Just being like, oh. Yeah, for sure. The never ending blooming rose. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Infinite blooming. <laughs> what color are you? Oh, well, red just popped to mind, you know, but yeah. That's what I pictured too. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so then where did that lead you? Did you go straight into coaching after college? No. Um, so I, so once again, thought, you know, the box, <laughs> the box of like, go get a job um, would be my path. And so I started, so there's this consistent pattern. It started from elementary school all the way through my corporate career was I'd get excited about something, learn it, and then get really bored and be like, okay, give me something else. Mm-hmm. So I think the longest I ever worked for a, a single company was maybe two and a half years. And then I would be on to the like, okay, this kind of sucks. Like I, like I'm not contributing here. What, what's next? And then I would apply for a job, immediately get it. And so I would just job hop. And, and I was always looking for that next challenge. And the thing that kept happening was like I would be that person <laughs> sitting, you know, the CEO and I was worked for small companies, like small companies, like less than 50 employers, fewer than 50 employees, which is interesting. Like you don't see all the signs until you see them years later. And so I would sit the CEO down and said, I like, what's your vision? And I recall having this conversation with two specific CEOs, like what's your vision for this company? Where are we going? Because I want to contribute something greater. And I don't know why, like I'm, I'm showing up every day. Like if I had that vision, then I think I could contribute more. And I thought like in my, my little mind here, of like, that's like the brilliant question. No, it was not appreciated. And it was like this little, you know, pat on the head, go back to your office, go do what you're told to do. Be grateful you have a paycheck and benefits. Oh. And, and I just, I recall like, even now I could feel that in my body of like how deflating yeah. that was. And what I'm, and here's the contrast though, speaking of contrast, is the very first company I worked for, they did that on a quarterly basis as an employee like team meeting. Here's where we are, here's where our vision is, here's what's working, here's what's not working. And I remember sitting there in my 20 something going, oh, I get it. And I just thought every company ran that way. Like you just told people like what the hell you're doing and what we can concrete, you know, create together. Like this is awesome. And I had no idea how good I had it <laughs> until I left, you know, one of those things. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was great, you know, cause I think that first job I was making $24,000 a year. I felt like I won the lottery and I was like, wow, $24,000 a year. 
And now I can look at that and go, I paid that in a month. Like, huh, that's pretty, that's kind of crazy. So, so anyway, so I did the corporate gig and then I got fired in 2008, right? As the housing market in the U S was crashing. Then they say laid off. That was a legal way to fire me. Mm -hmm. And what's funny is I hosted this. So again, all the signs, (laughs) that you don't see the signs until years later, like, oh my gosh, had I maybe been paying more attention, I would know I was exactly in the right path. I led the summer solstice ceremony with like 150 people. I facilitated this large group of what are you calling in? What are you creating? What's next for you? And everyone wrote their little thing on a piece of paper and we did this little, yeah, yeah, whatever. And on my piece of paper, I will never forget this is I'm in my perfect career now making the perfect salary. Like it could not be more vague. And that was on a Sunday. And then when I went to work on Mondays, when I got the news of, yeah, like for like your last day is going to be like <laughs> this day. And I was like, oh, okay. Note to self, be a lot more specific next time. And so that's what started me on the path of being an entrepreneur. Um, I was running in, again, I was running at all these silly signs, running a networking group for soulful entrepreneurs, even though I was in my corporate gig at the time I had a jewelry design business. So I thought I was there to grow that. So all these paths and, you know, merged together going, I don't think I was ever really cut out for marketing. I was in the marketing department. However, it helped me learn how to make, companies millions of dollars and I got really great experience that I use every single day in my business so that's what started me into my own business it sucked for a couple years like really sucked as in no money (laughs) like it was horrible um and then things changed you know shifted but yeah my corporate career lasted less than 10 years um I (laughs) I lasted one year working for the government (laughs) I didn't actually go in corporate, so <laughs> you outlasted me. <laughs> but I love, I, I mean, I, as you're talking, I see your path so clearly. Mm-hmm. It's like a game board even, like step by step by step <laughs> by step. You built it up exactly as you were supposed to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And now I can look back at that and go, oh. And so that's also comforting to go, wow, what signs am I missing now? Yes. I was so fixated on what it had to look like next. Like, let me just lift my head up, look around and go, what if I just trust I'm always where I'm supposed to be? And there's always a choice that I don't know that it's possible. Like there's always a choice available that may not be the most obvious choice. Mm -hmm. Do you see signs now? Um, I'm not sure totally how to interpret that question. I know signs. I'm not a seer. <laughs> That's not my intuition speaks. So I don't know if you're going literal or if, uh, but it's a knowing it's a, like, if I actually just sit, breathe, meditate, um, just be like in my backyard, like I'll just, I'll just get that. I feel like it's the, the universe, how, how I interpret that is universe nudging me. It's like, Hey, yeah, here's what's next. Yeah. Yep check this out. Like some information will just drop in or I'll just get this idea of like contact this person or check this out or whatever. And so it's always, I feel like I'm always being guided to what's next. If I can just get out of my own way. Always. (laughs) Always. If ever I think I know, I know what's best. No. Yeah. Who do I think I am? (laughs) 
<laughs> the universe has this figured out. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So I want to go so many places with you. Let's, <laughs> let's start out. Will you share a little bit about your health journey, please? Yeah. Yeah. So, um, I got, I received my first autoimmune diagnosis when I was in the third grade and it's psoriasis, which at the time it was a skin condition. And now it's been, uh, re- I don't know if it's reclassified or people just finally pulled their head out of their, <laughs> you know what? So like, ah, oh, wait, something else is going on here. So that was actually part of my, my journey. And it was just like, okay, whatever. But then in 2012, um, I was climbing that ladder of, you know, I think I was like $25,000 away from reaching multiple six figures. So 200,000 in sales, which is this coveted, like I was a poster child of, you know, six figures in 10 months and then just go, 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 go. And I was on this bandwagon of more hustle, push, you know, that whole, like the bullshit sayings of work a few years of your life, like no one else is willing to. So you have the rest of your life, like whatever that bullshit quote is. I was like, oh, okay, I'm going to do that. And on one side, it was so exciting because when people talk about their greatest fears, my greatest fear is mediocrity. Mm. And I was like, I don't want to just have a normal life where I'm, you know, like my, the highlight of my life is that I remodeled my kitchen. Like, you know, and I know that sound can sound so judgmental and, and kind of a shitty thing to say, but it's like, I don't want that to be the highlight of my life. And while that's valuable, like I want more, I, I desire to have more. And so So I was on this bandwagon and, um, you know, hosting events with 250 attendees, big name speakers at my events, all the things that I was supposed to be doing. And from the outside, everything looked really awesome. And I was gaining weight and not that weight is, you know, I'm a big like anti-diet culture, like the propaganda that that whole industry is. So it wasn't about that, but it was more of, I was feeling like total crap in my own body. I was very disconnected from my body. And especially being an empath and intuitive, like there were, you could start seeing where all these things are merging and like a wake up call about to come, (laughs) you know? And so it was the fall of 2012, like close to winter time. And I was, it's like, it was, and I remember it this way. It was the third day in a row where I was like, I'm not getting out of bed today. I don't have the energy. I don't care about what I'm doing. I don't know why I'm depressed. This is really pissing me off. It makes no sense. And everyone can just like suck it. <laughs> like I'm just not doing it. And then uh, my husband was leaving for work and he, I remember him at the, um, the frame of the door and he just looked at me and my husband, Richard is like the most happy, happy go lucky. He doesn't get worried. He's amazing. He's this amazing human. I'm so grateful to know. And he just looked at me and he kind of cocked his head to the side and he said, do I need to be worried about you? And like, that was the moment. And he didn't say it from a place of judgment. He said it from like something was, he could tell something was so wrong that he might actually be worried. Like Richard, my husband, he doesn't worry about really anything. And that was a moment of like, something has to change here. And I don't know what's happening or why this is happening. And so that was the sign for me. Now, again, I can look back at that and just go, oh, my soul was screaming out. Like, you cannot do this any longer the 16 hour days, the not taking care of yourself, the quote, forgetting to eat every day until 4 p.m. Like, and, and glorifying the busyness and glorifying the hustle and glorifying all that. And then it was like, wow, what nobody knows is that money was going out faster than it was coming in. My expenses were outrageous. I still wasn't paying myself and my money or my relationship with money still sucked. So even though I was making the sales and it looked great from the outside, it was like, I can't keep this up. Like I'm physically, mentally, spiritually done. 
And so that was the first breaking point. And I just knew, I was like, okay, I just, you know, need to eat better, start working out. Like that's, you know, what I told myself. And then I went to Kenya on a humanitarian trip. It was April, 2013. And that's when I knew something was wrong. And so, you know, water weight, like when you travel, especially that far, like you get have cankles, you know, well, mm -hmm. my cankles didn't go away the entire time. And I was having dry eyes, dry mouth to the point that I almost choked, like somebody almost had to do the Heimlich maneuver on me <laughs> during one of our meals because there wasn't enough saliva in my mouth to actually swallow my food. And so I came home long, you know, long story short. And then I just felt like crap, like my joints hurt. I was tired. It was just like, something's just not right here. And so that's when I was diagnosed with my second autoimmune called Sjogren's. So since then it was this, wow, what, what is going on? Why do so many women have autoimmune disorders than men? Like to me, there is this sign here, like what, and, and then a lot of the intuitive women I know who are taking on a lot of the world's, you know, challenges, trying to run that energy through their body. It's like, oh, you have an autoimmune disorder too, huh? Which one did you have? And like we compare notes and I was like, something is going on here. Like this is not just a physical component here. And this is, again, this is where this could open up a bunch, like a huge can of worms for people. This is my own experience with it. Feel free to disagree with it. But there was some emotional, energetic component here. And so that's been my journey. You know, infertility, um, you know, I have not been officially diagnosed with PCOS, you know, higher blood sugar, like all these things are all connected. So hormone levels, like all this stuff. And so in, just in the last year from the time, you know, our conversation today, linking all these connections of gut health and autoimmune and hormone health and what happens when you're unintentionally starving yourself for a decade you forget to eat until 4 p.m. and then you binge on whatever's there like huh what does that actually do to your body after so many years of that and this is after an eating disorder of binging and, and bulimia for 10 years before that so I was like holy crap like what is going on and so this is huge wake-up call of here I was you know at the time in my late 30s going um I don't feel good in my body I actually don't even want to be in my body and if I don't feel good in my body, I don't want to be in my body. How in the hell am I supposed to run a business that changes lives? Huh, that's going to be, that's a, a good puzzle to solve. And so that's when it was just this huge wake up call. It's like, slow down. Let the stuff go that doesn't matter. People are going to have their opinion of you no matter what. What lights you up? What makes you happy? So these are the questions I was asking myself. And really, I'm diving into whole health and taking care of myself and, and learning all sorts of things <laughs> about nutrition and autoimmune and gut health and all these things that, you know, doctor after doctor couldn't answer for me. And the one thing I'll say that I had going for me through the whole process is I remember sitting down receiving that diagnosis. Like it's a scary thing. Like you have this autoimmune disease and here's this naturopathic doctor saying there's no cure. It's just going to be like this forever. And then again, my thinking going, there's no cure, but wait, your cells regenerate every seven years. So why can't I actually change this? And this is my conversation in my head. I didn't feel like my doctor was willing to hear that. And I was like, no, this is not my destiny. You know? And then the kicker was like, well, here's this, because my symptoms at the time were pretty minor. It was mostly fatigue, joint pain, 
those were the two big things and just inflammation in general. And he said, well, here's this prescription. It's what we give to opioid, opiate um, drug overdose users. We have no, it's, it goes, it's a mystery with why this alleviates symptoms for Sjogren's, but this is your only option. <laughs> that said, you can write the prescription and no way in hell would I fill that. So thank you so much. But the one thing he said that I agreed with, he said, use food as your medicine. Mm. I was like, oh, there's a saving grace, you know? And that was what, six years ago? Yeah, just over six years ago. So that's been part of my journey. And then, so it's just been this really, um, a, a, a beautiful awakening, a challenging one. And, but also just seeing where, like, and it's also uh, spread into women's relationship with their bodies in general and being visible. And as an entrepreneur, it's showing up and being visible. But if you're constantly judging your body, why the hell would you want to be visible and share your message? Yeah. Right. Why when diet culture is so perpetuated and we buy into it. So I could go off on a whole tangent there, but it's opened up my whole world, but it's also deepened my work with people of helping people see, like, if you're not willing to be in your body, how can you receive money? How can you charge what you're worth, but you don't even want to be in your body? So shifting to, we talked about human design a little bit before mm -hmm. we got on and you shared that you're a projector. Mm -hmm. Projectors see people. Yes. And really want to be seen. Mm -hmm. So there's that conflict too, of really wanting to be seen and yet not. And then wanting to be invisible. Yeah like wanting to hide because I don't have the perfect body yet mm -hmm. after decades of dieting and starving myself mm -hmm. <laughs> being, you know, I was the girl at the gym five days a week eating can, you know, tuna from a can, even though I hated it because that at was the gym? healthy. Yeah. Like you I was that person. Like, I'm like, okay, it's like power up, you know, like eat the tuna and then go work out and then come home and have protein shake. You know, like it was all disgusting food that I hated. Yeah, like it was so insane totally insane. So how have you used food as medicine? What has that journey been like? Wow. Wow. That's, um, such a lifelong <laughs> conversation. Um, I used to have a very unhealthy relationship with food. It was absolutely something to numb out with. Um, it was something to constantly judge myself for. And, and so now it's I'm like, I'm going to enjoy the cookie. Like I'm going to thoroughly enjoy it. And now I can stop when there's a bag of potato chips in front of me. Cause so I'm like, Oh yeah, actually I'm, I'm done. And so it's actually developed. I have been developing a communion with my body that I didn't have before. So my belief is that we're this infinite being a soul, if you will, who has a body, not the other way around, not a body who has a soul. Like the infinite being is much bigger than our body. Mm -hmm. And I was just conveniently living <laughs> from a very disconnected place from my body. And so now I can look at like, what does my body require? You know, everything from supplements to um, like muscle testing to like, huh, what actually feels good? And I'll just look in like through, through the menu or something like that. Like, how do I want to feel after this meal? And making choices from that 
question of, of nourishing. And then sometimes I'm like, yeah, I just want the fish and chips because I really like French fries, <laughs> you know, <laughs> like, and, and it's not about judging the hell out of myself for the next week or punishing myself going, oh, well, that was probably this many calories. I need to go running or I need to do whatever. Like, I'm not a runner. Like, I hate running. Like, you're a triathlete. Like, I yeah. love, love that. I'm like, no. <laughs> like, I always tell no. people also, if you don't like running, don't do it. Yeah. <laughs> So it's been, and I still am in process, you know, still in process. And it's, um, I can feel myself getting a little choked up about it, but like being, I'm, I'll be 42 next month and I'm not the happiest I've ever been. Not that that should have any relevance of how much I love myself, but for so many women it does. And it's like, I love myself now more than ever, yet I still don't have the body you know, that society wants me to, or even there's some warped vision in my own head of like, I should look like that if I'm going to be successful or I'll be taken more seriously if I look that way. And so to have that like deep, like, like I'm just going to seriously, like, <laughs> you know, like it's an amazing experience that I never thought was possible to have that much adoration for my body and gratitude and love. And to go walking and with every step go, thank you body for carrying me when I didn't carry you instead of walking going, Oh my God, I've got to go faster 45 more minutes because I've got to get in that size, you know, clothing, or I've got to lose two pounds this week. Or, you know, like I just made the declaration to my husband this week of I'm, I'm not weighing myself ever. And when you're done with your, you know, he's been on a weight releasing, journey and it's been great for us like when you're done with that i'd like to just get rid of our scale like how do you feel about it he's like great that's fine you know we've had these conversations about how this same societal bullshit affects men too but they just don't have the space to talk about it yeah so, and yeah. i and the scale front i am always amused by a culture that expects us to know how much we weigh because mm -hmm. i honestly have no idea yeah. Yeah. I don't have a scale. Yeah. I love that. I love that. Yeah. I love your love for your body, Angela. It's, I mean, I have the benefit of seeing your face mm -hmm. and, and feeling your energy and it just feels like this like soft pink, pure, beautiful energy. Mm. Well, thank you. It's, it's been a journey mm -hmm. and it, and it still continues, you know, like there will be moments like I'll catch a glimpse of my ass or something. I'm like, Oh, I got to do something about that. Like I've always had a big ass. I've always had large thighs. Like I have I've, like talk about pear shape, you mm -hmm. know, um, hourglass figure. Like since I was 12, like that has been my body type. And then I'm like, wow, is that actually really what I believe? Or have I been taught? so long to believe that about myself that it keep and it, it goes back to something we shared at the very beginning of like now i have something in common with all the other women who are judging the hell out of their bodies so that's what we can talk about over brunch no thanks <laughs> no, not doing it like i posted something recently of just like you know women were far more interesting than this and so here's my request of when we're hanging out if the conversation turns to what diet or what fad or whatever, I'm going to be changing the conversation because I don't care about that. I care about what are you creating? What is that desire in your soul that it is time to express that? Mm -hmm. 
Like what's next for you? What lights you up? What breaks your heart? Those are the conversations I'm committed to. And that's been a pretty recent, like within the last couple of weeks of studying more of, you know, diet culture and how it's, it's just so damaging for women and men. But if we think about this whole, like how we're perceiving ourselves and then as business owners, we're supposed to flip the switch and go, oh yeah, I'm going to go stand on stages and I'm going to host my podcast. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. And I secretly feel like shit about myself. How's that going to work for you? Like really, like how is that really going to work? Huh? And then we wonder why we're burned out because how much energy does it take to uphold that all the time? Mm-hmm. That contradiction. The, the universe wants us to flow. Yeah. The universe is, has it, you know, they're like opening up. Like here you go. Mm-hmm. And we're restricting that when we're beating ourselves up. And, we, and I, I think what you said earlier is really interesting. Um, like when you look at your ass, and say something not very nice about it. Is that even your voice? Is that even like, do you, do you believe that at all? Or is that somebody else's words? Right. Yeah. Like, and I really don't get that. It's my voice at all. Like, it's like, return that <laughs> wherever that came from. Cause it's not me. Yeah. No, I'm done abusing myself that way. And it's abuse. Like if we, I mean, and this is kind of a cliche thing, but it's like, man, if we talk to our best friend or our spouse, the way we talk to ourselves in our minds, mm-hmm. uh, not a good relationship. <laughs> that would be called an abusive relationship. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> that makes you think, <laughs> you know, at least for me. Like, yeah. So instead, if we shift into this love, it's just abundant loving space mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. where we support each other and love each other unconditionally and see, see the beauty in all of us. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So you mentioned that before all of this, mm-hmm. all of this being your more recent autoimmune experience, mm-hmm. you were hustling. Yeah. You were forcing, you were doing all the things. Yep. How have you shifted that now? Oh my gosh. It's like a completely different life. You know, I, I remember um, being coached by really great, you know, successful people. And, and what the biggest lesson I learned from that is what was actually fear and what was my soul speaking so loudly, like this is not congruent with me. And then believing experts when I was told things like, you just need to be more coachable and just like, stop asking so many questions. Like just do what I tell you to do and you're going to be successful when what I was being told to do was a lot of manipulative sales, a lot of FOMO, a lot of manipulation, you know, um, dishonest manipulation, false scarcity, like all the things, you know, to fill a room or to sell a program or blah, blah, blah. And, and, and having that experience of like, God, this doesn't feel good. Well, maybe they're right. Maybe it is fear. I don't know. And then really coming to terms with, no, this is total bullshit. There's, a, there's got, and so it was like, again, so the same cycle of, I don't know that I believe that in order to know joy, you have to know the contrast. It's like, well, I know what it takes to build a business this way and what it feels like and the price I'm paying to have this business. So what if, and the other thing I was being told was nobody was going to pay me to learn about soul purpose or to use intuition in business. 
So only focus on the money and the marketing, and that's what people are going to pay you for. And here are, you know, seven-figure experts who know some stuff, and I'm just like, oh, okay, I guess they're right. But then there's a speaking, you're sneaking little suspicion of like, but I can't be the only person on the planet who'd really like to know that my business is aligned with my soul. <laughs> you know, like it actually is fulfilling something beyond just giving myself a paycheck every month. Like, I can't be the only person who wonders if I can live this intuitive life, why can't I use that same intuition and those skills in how I make decisions in my business? Like, hmm. And so I just started getting curious about it. So in that day, you know, in 2012, I'm like in the fetal position, like I don't want to do this anymore. Um, I burned my business down. And it was about a week of like, no more programs. I let go of my mentor. I let go of a lot of my clients. It was like, if I can do it this way, I know I can return to this way. So what would it be like if I use my intuition? And so I, I joke about it like that's when I came out of the spiritual closet. I'm like, I'm going to talk about soul and intuition and what feels good in your body as a way, as, as a guide to actually make marketing decisions in your business. You know, and so and it's things like um, when people, you know, you see the Facebook groups, like what day of the week should I send my newsletter? Because clearly there's a right formula. And, and I'm just like, oh, I cringe when I see those questions. I'm like, ask your business, ask your intuition. And people are like, what, what are you talking about? That's crazy. And for some people it is, but for people who resonate with me, they're like, oh, you mean I could do that? Like, oh, yeah, your business has a voice. It has consciousness. If you've not read Big Magic by Elizabeth Gilbert, she talks about this, like how creatives create this, like it just comes through you. It's like your business is the same way in my experience. So to answer your question in a long roundabout way, I apologize. <laughs> I was like, everything is different. You know, and a, a, a hustle every once in a while, like, oh yeah, this shit's getting done because I'm not carrying this on <laughs> like to next week. Like that's great, but it's fueled from a totally different place and it's fueled from passion and excitement and inspiration. And I love how it's going to feel to have this done. Not, oh my gosh, I have to get this done because every, if I, if I don't, I'm, you know, it's going to suck. There's not, fear doesn't motivate me. It never has. Money actually doesn't motivate me. It's the experiences that the money creates. And so touching into that vision, but really running every element of my business through my intuition of what's heavy, what's light, what feels good, not what feels comfortable. That's mm. not a sign of your intuition. Most, most days I'm uncomfortable. Most days, some days yeah. I let myself off the hook. <laughs> All day, every day, you know. So, um, but to have ease and flow, and yeah, sometimes things don't work out, and sometimes launches flop, and you know things like that. But I don't take it personal anymore. It's like, oh, well, where did I miss? Like, where did I get out of alignment? What, like, what's next? Maybe that wasn't actually the thing. Oh, but I didn't know that until. Oh, got it. And so I can just see everything as a breadcrumb now instead of, oh my gosh, that didn't work. So I need to push harder, do the same thing again, and then maybe it'll work with more effort. No. Like, yes, there's action involved. Yes, there's effort involved. But it's not this glorified hustle and push and struggle and everything's hard and like, oh gosh, been there, done that. It's just, nope not not interested any longer no thank you oh, Angela we are 
Definitely soul sisters. <laughs> I love everything you have said. How can people learn more about you? Yeah. So when you go to AngelaJohnson.com, that's Angela two L's. And you can find my information there. I've got a podcast that I'm revamping. Very excited about the next series. Um, free trainings. I've got events. Um, you can also find me on Facebook too. I don't hang out on Instagram. I hate Twitter and I'm not on LinkedIn. <laughs> so just <laughs> at Facebook, like, you know, that's where you can find me. But AngelaJohnson.com is the, the best place to go. Thank you. Do you have any last? Well, okay. Actually, I have one question for you. Okay. If you had a billboard, mm. it's going to be up for like, it's going to be up for a year. You don't, I don't care where it is. It can be wherever you want, mm. but I want to know, what are you going to say on it? Everyone's going to see it. It's like your, your letter to the world. Yeah. I just, the words just popped. Um, trust yourself more. Mm. And let's end on that. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. <laughs> Thank you so much for listening. If you'd like to continue the conversation, please head over to Facebook and join the group Find Your Awesome with Kelsey Abbott. It's free. And if you want more than that, go to my website, kelseyabbott.com. And there you can sign up for my newsletter and get a series of free guided meditations. And I would really appreciate it if you could head over to the podcast app and leave a review of the Find Your Awesome podcast. Your reviews help other people learn about this podcast. Thank you so much. That's all I've got for you, friends. Go forth and be awesome.